Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You with the upper hand in your fantasy football leagues? Then you've come to the right place. To the right place. You're listening to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. Now, here's your host, Faraz Sadiqi and Zach Rizzuto. Welcome back to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. This is Zach Rizzuto, and we have a very special guest in the house today for today's episode. He's a longtime NFL and former Cowboys scout, Emmy Award winner, former DallasCowboys.com writer, Currently covering the Cowboys as the host of the Love of the Star podcast. You can catch him Monday through Friday from 2 to 7 p.m. on 105.3 The Fan. Brian Broadus is in the house with us today. Welcome to the show, Brian. It's great to have you here. Thank you very much, Zach. It's uh, an honor to be with you. Uh, you guys do some tremendous work. So it was a really easy decision for me to make uh, make this time for you guys. And I'm looking forward to spending, uh, spending a little bit of time with you. Yeah, I am too. I've been looking forward to this pretty much all week. Brian's going to help us make sense of a few situations that we have, you know, on our mind going into the fantasy season for the Cowboys. Let's just get right into it, Brian. What do you say? We've heard, about, we've heard about and seen a lot of Deuce Vaughn so far through the first two yeah. preseason games. He's already got a few highlight reel plays to his resume. He's averaging 4.9 yards per carry, two touchdowns at this point, one game left to play. But it's been Rico Doddle that's listed as the Cowboys RB2 through training camp and the preseason. And it seems like Doddle and Malik Davis – are battling for that RB2 spot role behind yeah. Tony Pollard. Each of them got a start so far in the preseason. Is there any room for maybe Deuce Vaughn to move up in the depth chart? And if not, could you see another running back behind Pollard forcing him off the field and earning significant play time? Could any of those guys have a specific role in the backfield if they aren't earning a consistent share of the work? Or is the plan just for Pollard to be the workhorse and then these other guys just come in and give him a rest when he needs it? Yeah, I think, Zach, initially it's going to be about Pollard. Uh, you know, they've finally figured out, uh, you know, here in the Mike McCarthy administration has figured out how to use Tony Pollard in a way to get the most uh, out of him. Uh, now, as far as RB2, RB3, uh, you know, it's going to come down to the problem that Deuce Vaughn has is he doesn't play special teams and his lack of height uh, limits what he can do. Now, they're trying to do him at other uh, things they're trying to get him as the personal protector on the punt team. Uh, you know, it, it's mixed results there. You know, if you watch him in the blitz pickup stuff, there's mixed results there. You know, he, he he's willing, he's trying, he wants to do those things. The, the RB two is going to be a guy that has to be able to be a third down blitz pickup guy. And you know, Rico Dowdle uh, showed that better uh, in the Jacksonville game. 
the problem with Rico Dowdle is he's always been hurt. They, they love him as a player. They want to use him. They want to get him involved. But then something always happens to him when they give him these opportunities. So, you know, Malik Davis is a guy who is very talented. But what happens is Malik Davis is not as good on blitz pickup. So all of a sudden, you you know, even in the Seattle game the other night, uh, when it came to third down and they pulled Davis off the field and put Dowdle on the field. And, you know, so now you're kind of getting a little bit of a hint that, okay, well, maybe they don't trust Malik Davis as a blitz pickup guy or as a third down guy. But whoever the third back is, they're going to have to be able to play special teams. And that's really where it's going to lie for them because they're going to have to make up for – Deuce Vaughn. I, I can see Deuce Vaughn being the second back here just because of, again, they can create opportunities for him. Um, but, you know, it's it's a group that's kind of evolving in the way that they're going. There's, there's, strength, with, there's strength with Deuce with his ability to hit the whole vision, the cut, the explosiveness. There's, there's reasons that Rico Dattle plays. He can catch the ball well. He's good on blitz pickup. And there's reasons why that Malik Davis plays because he's a physical runner. He has the ability to take it the distance if he has to. So they have a combination of three guys that they're trying to kind of find roles for. But like I say, I think if if you said we we're going to play the Giants tomorrow, the guy that probably would be on the field for maybe some of those explosive runs or explosive plays or, or packages uh, would be Deuce Vaughn. That's really exciting to hear, you know, especially, you know, I'm a Cowboys fan, but not just Cowboys fans are excited about Deuce Vaughn and his ability. You know, he's kind of one of those guys everyone's rooting for. His size is obviously the thing that jumps off the page the first thing. But when you see him in the game, he just pops out from between those tackles. You know, he really does have that explosive big playability. So I hope that's the case. You know, we'd love to see that if he can establish himself as a heavy producer behind Tony Pollard. But um, Malik Davis and Rico Dowdle, I think that they're also going to be part of the mix as well. So. Yeah, I think they're gonna. It, it's going to be funny. Not funny, Zach. It's going to be interesting to see <laughs> where they carry the four. If they carry four guys, you know, Hunter Lipke is like they're using him like as a single back runner. He hasn't played really any fullback yet. Maybe they're waiting to do that. But uh, you know, it's their their numbers are going to be kind of strange. They're they're struggling with wide receivers. You know, they're trying to. Is it going to be five or six? They're struggling with tight ends. Is it three or four? They're struggling with backs. Is it three or four there as well? And then, you know, they're going to have to figure out with their offensive line stuff. So numbers on the offensive side of the ball, even as we get into the final preseason game here, are a little bit in flux. Right. That makes sense. I mean, that's what the preseason is all about, you know, and that's about answering those questions. So we'll see how it plays out this last week of the preseason. We can jump into the next question here. CeeDee Lamb, you know, he's obviously one of the top receivers in the league, both in real life, fantasy football. And he's had a huge year last year. He caught over 100 passes, scored nine touchdowns. Awesome year for him. He was really the only wide receiver, though, that was fantasy relevant last year. You know, you talk about fantasy production. He was really the only one doing anything, mainly because Dallas is wide receiver two, Noah Brown. You know, he just didn't stand out in any way. And Michael Gallup never really got back to 100% a year removed from his ACL. So Dallas went out and made sure they didn't have that same problem again. They're not going to have that same problem this year. They traded for Brandon Cooks, and it seems like him and Dak Prescott, they've already developed a strong chemistry in camp. From what I've seen, you know, the videos coming out, I'm sure you've seen more of that as well. 
Cooks is a veteran with an excellent production profile across four different teams so far in his career. And this is maybe the best situation he's been in since he's played with the Rams. He's had at least one 100 target season with every team he's played with in his career. Do you think that he can cross that threshold in his first year in Dallas running opposite CeeDee Lamb? And could this become a 1A, 1B situation in terms of target share instead of, you know, clear wide receiver one and wide receiver two? And do you think that Lamb will be the clear leader in targets in 2023? Or do you think Brandon Cooks might challenge for that? Yeah, I think that's the the question that uh, that is on everyone's mind right now. I, I feel like, though, if you when we watch training camp practices and camp is still going on for at least another week here at the Star in Frisco. And so, you know, those practices sh- were kind of telling that, you know, Lamb is going to be clearly involved once again. He, you know, he's he is wide receiver one, but there is a growing confidence in in Brandon Cooks with Dak Prescott. And the reason being is Cooks is one of the better route runners that Dak's been able to play with. Amari Cooper was outstanding as a route runner. Uh, there's some things that you know CeeDee Lamb as a route runner lacks, but Cooks, his his ability to sell the route, be able to get off, uh, you know, to plant the foot, come back for the ball, the cuts, you know, they, they're, they're this offense we're starting to see where they're using rubs, picks, uh, they're trying to create separation on the move. You know, it's going to be key for Dak. I mean, there's going to be a lot of wide receivers this year where they're running routes and Dak is going to have to hit them on the move. Uh, but there will be the opportunity. They're just trying to create more separation. Dallas really struggled with that last year. You know, Mike McCarthy feels like that's something that they need to do to to get their you know passing game uh, up to a, a, even a better level than what it was. So, yeah, I, I feel like that. I think that Lamb is going to continue to get the majority of the targets. Uh, I will say, though, that Cooks is a guy that when it, it turns into a down-and-dirty situation, I could see Dak Prescott absolutely finding ways to get him the football because he will be open. He knows how to get open. Now, we were watching goal line. Uh, you know, Even though he's a shorter guy, we were watching goal line packages, plays, and Cooks was finding ways to get open in such a small area. And Dak was, you know, you know, getting him the football. Um, the thing with Gallup, if I could just finish up the wide receiver thought, the thing with Gallup is he was going through some really some rough things, not only with his knee injury coming back from that, the confidence of that, but there were some off the field things that he was dealing with as well that that affected the way that he played or the way that he approached games. And so that was unfortunate for him. Uh, we had a chance to interview him on 105.3 The Fan. Uh, he seems more confident. He feels better about himself. Uh, you know, he's one of those guys that's capable of making those contorted body catches along the sidelines. If you follow the Cowboys, you, you, he plays really well in small areas, you know, goal line situations, things like that. So look for a bounce back on him. But also, too, you know, we've seen the emergence of Jalen Tolbert a little bit. And Tolbert is pushing him. You know, Tolbert's clearly the four. I think he's going to push Gallup for the three, uh, you know, and, and Gallup even admitted it that he's like, listen, you guys, you guys watch that one eight out there. And he's talking about number 18 of Jalen Tolbert. He goes, you watch that one eight. He's, he's finding ways to make him plays. He's making it difficult for me. So, you know, the wide receiver core as a whole, I think is, is, is really looking the, the, in a, in, a, in the right direction for Dak Prescott and what he can be able to do. 
Right, 100%. Just kind of recapping what you said, Brandon Cooks is that guy. You know, that I kind of yeah. figured we've seen that throughout his career where he is the quarterback-friendly receiver, where things fall apart according to the game plan, and then quarterback needs to roll out and find somebody quick on the move. Brandon Cooks can definitely be that guy. And you answered my next question almost as if you knew exactly what I was going to ask. I was going to ask about uh, Michael Gallup and Jalen Tolbert and whether Tolbert would be pushing for more snaps and you know more time, potentially the wide receiver three spot. That's interesting to hear because we know Michael Gallup, he's had his games. You know, there are games where Dak Prescott just dials on, into him. He has big games. He has high touchdown games. You know, he has games where he catches two touchdowns because of those contorting catches, like you mentioned. Right. Not only that, but big gains along the sideline. So it's, it sounds like things are going to shake out pretty much how we expect it at the top. But there might be a little bit of questionable, you know, changes a couple changes that we might see not necessarily questionable but there might be some changes that we might not have expected especially if you don't follow the cowboys you know like you have this insight this might change the way people view the cowboys wide receiver room down the board especially if anything would happen to any of the two top guys so that's really interesting to hear yeah um, no it, it yeah it is it, it's a good group it really is a good group it's one of the better groups that dak prescott's had the opportunity to work with right 100 percent. now i'm gonna go to the tight end room now the other pass catchers a lot of people inside the Cowboys community that were upset about Luke Schoonmaker in the second round of this past year's draft. And that's really because Jake Ferguson was already on the roster and he had flash playmaking ability, you know, as you know, and he had limited action last year, but he flashed that playmaking ability. And according to reports, Ferguson has been playing as a tight end one. And we saw that into this preseason. He didn't play last week. We know Dak Prescott loves his tight ends. But is there a scenario this season where any Cowboys tight end besides Jake Ferguson handles any type of the majority of the work or more than we think, you know, or is it Jake Ferguson's show? Because Schoonmaker find his way on the field through run blocking and then be on the field because of play action, have a role that way, or will that role be too minimal for him to really show up on a stat sheet on a weekly basis? Yeah, Zach, I think that they, they are excited about Luke Schoonmaker and not only as a blocker, if you really study his game at Michigan, I think there were things with the Michigan offense that limited what Luke Schoonmaker can do. And I, I think there's more there as an offensive threat. Um, he is a big body. He understands how to release. Um, you know, he's a guy that when he gets upfield, he presents himself very well as a target. Um, he's, you know, he's one of those guys that is pretty good run after catch. Uh, he's not going to blow you away with speed or quickness or anything like that, but he can, you know, as a physical guy, he could be hard to bring down in the open field just because of how he, his run style is. But I feel like that, that the best is ahead of him. He is a he is a good blocker. And, you know, Michigan was one of those teams that, you know, they won like the Joe Moore Award for the best college offensive line. Uh, they've, uh, they were impressive with the way that, you know, Blake Corum and them ran the football. Uh, and Luke Schoonmaker, a lot of that was behind him. Uh, there's been some times where Luke Schoonmaker has been really good blocking, and there's other times where he's got to get a little bit. It's a little bit of a quicker game. Uh, you know, you're not blocking the, the Minnesota Golden Gophers or Indiana Hoosiers or anything like that. You know, the, these guys, when you have to make a cutoff block or reach block, they are quick, and they will fly down inside once they read it. And, you know, he's got to learn that, okay, it's a little bit quicker game up here. I've got to make sure that I get my head across. But to answer your point, it's likely going to be Ferguson off the jump. Schoonmaker is going to get a, a lot of a lot of work here, and you know, and I I really do uh, you know expect him you know him and Hendershot 
you know, to be, you know, kind of a three, you know, prong attack when it comes to these tight ends. And you might even see Schoonmaker a little bit more than Hendershot uh, because, again, the threat of his ability to block and then his ability to catch the ball and make plays in the open field. Right. So it's sounding like Jake Ferguson, as much as we love him, I mean, I'm not sure yeah. how you feel about Jake Ferguson. I love him, you know, especially that hurdle against New yeah. York on Thanksgiving. That was great. It's, he has the playmaking ability, but it, it seems like the Cowboys have plans for Schoonmaker. They didn't just grab him yeah. in the second round for no reason. I know that's what it right. kind of felt like on draft night. I was a little upset about the pick, too, to begin with, because A, obviously Jake Ferguson was there. I like Jake Ferguson. And B, because it was like, is this a need that we had, you know, with yeah. the players that we had on the roster? So it sounds like, from what you're saying, it's not necessarily going to be the Jake Ferguson show this year. And no, I don't. Really yeah. kind of evening out, like towards the end of the season, you think Screwmaker could earn some time where he's really challenging or eating into what Jake Ferguson has? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I'll say this, though. I think Jake Ferguson has totally remade his body from where he was at Wisconsin until he's now. I mean, you could see that, you know, his blocking has improved as well. Uh, you know, more point of attack opportunities for him. So they're trying to figure out, you know, the best way to get their 12 personnel package to go. And, you know, when we talk 12 personnel, the two tight ends, of course, and the one back. And that's, you know, that's what you do right there. If you guys get, if you could find these players that can work the seam, you know, can, you know, work those, the, the corner routes, things like that down in the red zone, you know, that's, they, they ran, they were practicing two point plays the other day at camp. And first two point play they ran, they ran a, Cooks ran inside, ran a pick, and you got Ferguson just to release and nobody picked him up. And so, you know, right. they're thinking about ways of getting him the ball down there in the red zone. And But all three of these tight ends are on their radar for opportunities uh, as they're going forward. Awesome. Yeah. So it sounds like you could maybe get away. You know, it, Schoonmaker could be a value later in drafts, depending on, you know, how he, he it shakes out this season as long as he can stay healthy. Yeah. We know he's dealing with that plantar fasciitis thing, but that's, you know, Kind of yeah. in the rear view for now, assuming there are no setbacks. So that's exciting. Exciting to hear. Right. And we got one more question. We're shifting over to the offensive scheme. We know Mike McCarthy's calling plays now. Kellen Moore's out. Mike McCarthy mentioned this offseason, you know, that he wanted to get back to running the ball. But the way the roster is set up right now, it just doesn't seem indicative of a team that wants to be run first. <laughs> you know what I mean? If they wanted to run the ball, I think they probably would have brought in another established running back besides Pollard to share the workload a little bit but they brought in Brandon Cooks instead. And that kind of, you know, it, it says that you want to throw the ball a little bit more when you bring in a wide receiver, you trade for him. Not only do you not, not only do you just sign him, you trade for him. You look at the way McCarthy's called plays in his career. He's had Aaron Rodgers most of the time. Yes. Right. But he was mostly pass first. Right. Are we actually looking at a team that's going to be continue to be pass first here? Or could they actually get back to the run? Like McCarthy's been saying. Yeah, the the run game really got affected when and man, I Zach, I would never have believed this. And I know you were talking about you were a Cowboy fan, and you probably thought the same thing. When right. they put Tyron Smith at right tackle, I thought they were going to play with more power with Martin and Smith on the right side, and I thought it was going to be a really good combination for them. It didn't work that way. You know, Tyron Smith never really adapted to right tackle. And then thus the running game suffered uh, at that point because Terrence Steele, and trust me, I've thrown a ton of dirt on Terrence Steele throughout my days. 
And if you want to ask me a player I was most probably wrong about, Terrence Steele would be one of the top three. I mean, you do this long enough, you will be wrong about some players. But Terrence Steele and Zach Martin on the right side is a really good combination when it comes to running the football. And so, and if you get improvement from Ferguson and Schoonmaker, you know, so the the aspect of running the ball, uh, I feel like is is there. Um, but you know, here's a team, and if you believe in metrics, if you believe in pro football, you know, focus and all the people that put out metrics, Dallas was a really a much better running team statistically than they were a passing team, protection wise, which is strange, but. I think that Mike McCarthy, to this point, it didn't he once he saw what happened in that Green Bay game where they didn't run the ball, you know, where they had a lead and they didn't run, and he'll never forgive Kellen Moore for that. He will never forgive, and it, I think it ultimately cost Kellen Moore his job. You know, I think Kellen Moore is ready to go too. But then you get to the San Francisco, the last couple of San Francisco games. You even get to the game where at the end of the year where they're playing the Commanders. Teams that have a big physical front give these guys problems. And so, you know, when Brian Schottenheimer stepped over or into the offensive coordinator role, I think it became an offseason of trying to figure out how to run the ball better. How can we run the ball? Even though the metrics say that they are one of the better teams doing it, when they played against a physical line, a physical front seven, it was a problem. And so I think that's where, you know, you're in a division where there are big bodies up front, giants, commanders, eagles. They're big. You know, this is this this division might be decided on your ability to handle these fronts. You know, I mean, everybody has to deal with it in this division. And so Mike challenging the group to find better ways to run the ball makes sense to me. Just because the winner of this division, I think, will be the one that can handle blocking the commanders, you know, inside techniques, blocking the Giants' big inside techniques, you know, blocking, you know, it, it, it's just, you know, it, it, it's just tough. And I think that's the attitude that Mike has about it. He realizes that they weren't good enough in games against physical defensive lines. And they needed to improve that if they're going to win. And San Francisco's the same way. San Francisco adds Hargrave to their, you know, inside group. Now, now you're dealing with, you know, you're talking about the conference and playoffs and stuff like that. So that's, I think why Mike has said that what he said about wanting to run the ball a, a little bit better. Right. So if they're going to be running the ball more, it seems like Tony Pollard should be in for pretty big workload, right? Like we yeah, haven't that's... seen him handle a, a heavy workload. He hasn't gone over 200 carries in a season. So this should be interesting yeah. to see if he can hold up. Yeah, Zach, this is where we're at right now, though. They, Tony Pollard's on a one-year $10 million contract. Me personally, this could be turned very well into what, again, you're Cowboy fans, so you understand this, what they did with Dalton Schultz. You know, I mean, they, yeah. they offered Dalton Schultz an opportunity to resign. Dalton Schultz didn't want to do it. So he went and you know, signed with Houston, but this very much to me is very similar. That you know, if you run Tony Pollard into the ground, you know, so be it. It's a one-year deal right now, and you know, if at the end of the year, if you have production, maybe we'll talk about an extension. If not, we'll be Rico Dowdle. Will you know Malik Davis? Where was where's Deuce Vaughn? Do we go draft another one? Do you go sign another one? So you know that that's what we're learning about running backs is that. 
the good ones are available. You know, the good ones, you, right. you can go get Dalvin Cook. You can go get guys that, you know, I mean, for example, you go trade for the the Colts guy right now, Taylor. You go trade for him if you want a, a back like that. So they are becoming available. So, you, yeah, you you load Tony Pollard up and see if he could, if he could take the punishment this year. That's awesome. You know, because I've been drafted. I've been drafting Tony Pollard a lot. I know Faraz has also been drafting Tony Pollard a lot. So to hear that workload could be coming. If that's the way they're going to yeah. treat it, that's awesome to hear. It appears. I mean, Tony Pollard is when you watch them practice, the runs are. You can see that they're they're trying to figure out ways. Again, we you know Zach Martin now back in the lineup. Uh, this is tonight uh, being uh, you know Tuesday night will be the first time that we've got to see Zach Martin practice. You know, I know the guys I, – I mean, I've been here in Dallas where, you know, guys who cover the team have been in Oxnard, and they've got to see Zach. So it'll be exciting to see him back in the lineup. Yeah, awesome. I'm looking forward to that 100%. I think that's going to do it, Brian. Thank you so much for all the insight. We really appreciate you having it on. Thank you very much, man. Great to be with you guys. And remember, you can find Brian at Brian Broadus on Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it these days. They changed it really weird calling it x anymore but you can check out his show love of the star too again you can catch him 105.3 the fan from 2 to 7 p.m in dallas that's going to do it for this episode see you next time